But the problem arises when instead of like observing our children and their individual growth and their progress, we instead start comparing them to their siblings, to other children, or we judge them for being different. And I'm not going to lie to you. I always pride myself on being very honest on this podcast. I'm guilty of this. Listen up. This bit's important. Hey, I'm Lynn and this is my podcast, Let's Mummy Talk, a wellness podcast about everything that matters from parenthood, lifestyle, love and relationships, as well as culture and health, both physical and mental. And above all else, it's about happiness. This is my happy place and I hope it becomes yours too. Oh, let mummy talk. Episode 29. They're my best friend. She a real bad bee. Got her own money. In fact, she's not a bad bee. She's a bad granny. Today on Let Mummy Talk, episode 29, I am joined by my sister, my bad friend, Lana. Wagwan. Hey, Wagwan, Wagwan. It's so good to have you back on the pod. I'm good, but it's so good to have you back on the pod because it's been a minute, hasn't it? Like more than a minute. It's been like a a long time. Why is that? Have you been too busy? You've been too busy for me. Yeah, basically, yeah. Ah, straight. Tell us straight. No, no, no. I'm joking, I'm joking. You haven't really invited me, to be fair. You've been doing a lot with your husband, you know, so. Doing a lot with my husband? Yeah, do you know what? You have, to, you have to change it up sometimes, but I've missed it of you. I'm not saying you're my favourite oh, co-host, but, I am. <laughs> you know, you may well be my favourite co-host. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. But this song at the beginning, as you know, I always start the show off now. It's my new little thing. I kick off the show with a song that... I don't know, reflects my mood, my vibe for the evening. Hence the reason I started with that song. But I don't even like that song too much. So I'm going to do the old school version of that, which is Friends may come and friends may go. You should know that. Big tune. Know that I got your back. I'm not being funny, right? There have been like a million best friend songs that come out since then. Yeah, not a million, but a good number. But for me, nothing touches Brandy's best friend song. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, classic. Classic. Hello and welcome. If you're new here, this is episode 29 of the podcast, Let Mummy Talk, or LMT for short. You may hear I'm slightly breathless today. I don't know why, but my asthma is playing up and it's worrying me. But anyway, moving on. If you're new here, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're coming back, thank you as always. And again, I hope you enjoy it. Now, if you are new, you won't know what it's about. So let me explain. It's a wellness podcast, a parenthood podcast, a, I don't know, a life and lol podcast, I might add, uh, hosted by me fortnightly. And it's about anything and everything that matters from parenthood and culture, lifestyle, love, relationships, um, dirty waste men, I'm joking, anything though, (laughs) friendships, mental health, all of it, all that good stuff in between. Um, And yeah, it's like one of the most popular and listen to podcasts on Spotify at the moment so you know you, you know they say speak into existence and it may happen it may happen yeah that's why I'm putting it out there oh that's a word those who are unfamiliar let's kick off the show as always with some questions for my nosy children how are you feeling today mommy okay so men first how are you feeling today Lana did you just say men first I did yeah <laughs> you're right I've ordered but no, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. I feel very tired. Um, just, you know, up and down. And my insomnia, the kids, you know, just mum life, basically. Um, but apart from that, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. I was going to say, to be fair, I kind of feel like when you're a parent, is there ever a time when you don't feel tired? You know what? That's a very good question. And I don't think there is. 
as far as I can remember, since giving birth, first time around, that feeling's never gone away. And it's more intensified because of the insomnia, insomnia and the um, anemia. So I just feel like a zombie most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. But at the but same time, I do... Moving. You gotta keep it moving, and at the same time, I do wonder if some of it is self-inflicted. Like for me, I can admit that it is, because you know that thing that all parents do. You're so desperate, especially mums. We're so desperate to have some time to ourselves because obviously the day is quite intense. The kids want us twenty-four-seven. Mummy, mummy, mum. That's what you hear like a million times a day, right? So then when it comes to their bedtime and maybe you should be winding down and, you know, getting ready for bed yourself, you're like, nah, man, I want to have some time to do me. Watch a Netflix series, paint my nails, listen to music, whatever it is, read your book. And then for me personally, it ends up, you know, kind of going a bit later than it should. And I'm like, one o'clock in the morning, 1.30, I'm still awake, knowing I have to get up early with the kids. But for me, I'm like, I need to feel like I've got a life. I've got some time to myself. So I do it all the time. It's like a, it's like a vicious cycle that I just keep repeating that I can't break, even though I know I should break it. No, you're right. And I do that quite a lot as well, actually. And like I said, it doesn't help that I have insomnia. So it's quite easy for me to stay awake and get stuff done then. But the thing is, I'm tired. My body's tired. I just can't relax my mind. So I'm staying awake, but I'm not really getting much done because I'm tired. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I think it's like that mental load. Yeah, hundred percent. If you guys have not heard of the mental load, I think most people have. It's basically the stuff that no one thinks about, but it's always pretty much, yeah, pretty much always done by the woman or the the mum, basically. So things like, I don't know, like if anything needs ordering for school, if the Christmas presents need to be sorted out, if the school uniform, like, like, okay, perfect example. This weekend I was quite busy, right? I had plans, I had a life. And I was out for my friend's birthday on both Saturday and Sunday. Now for me, being proactive and thinking ahead as a lot of women do, I usually have my kids' school uniforms sorted, washed and ready to be ironed for Sunday morning. Because obviously you need to give them time to dry. I came home Saturday night, the washing hadn't done. The shirts were all dirty. The jumpers were dirty. The school trousers were dirty in school shirt and school skirts as well. And I'm like, huh? Sunday morning came. There was still no initiative like to put to put a wash load on ready for Monday. And I'm like, if I wasn't here, would this household fall apart? Because like, if I didn't put that wash load on, I'm sorry. What would they wear to school on Monday? Yeah, no, I know. I say the same thing all all the time. Same. I came when we came back on Sunday. Um, it's like I, you know, you just want to relax, kind of thing. And I, I had to um, iron the school uniform. It's like, why wasn't it done already? That kind of thing. And that is a mental load. It's the admin that yeah. you have, like life admin, just adulting, basically. Shopping. But it's the other yeah, stuff that everything. guys typically don't think of. It's like, they think some magic fairy comes along and does it. But uh, <laughs> hello? No, they don't. The shopping, when you need milk and bread and da da da, she does it. You just don't yeah. realise it because she does it like it's nothing because she's a boss. And she's and Even something as simple as packing away the laundry as well. You know, why is it there for like three days until <laughs> till it's been moved? I don't understand. I, I feel like I feel like men think that laundry takes like about five days to dry. When you put when you put on a clothes error, I think they believe it literally takes five days to dry. Because my husband will have it sat out on the error for five or six days until it's gone all crinkly because it's so dry. I'm like, yeah. you know, this was dry what four days that? ago. It's laziness. That's what it is. It's like, oh, she'll do it. If I leave it long enough, she'll do it. Cheeky, innit? it? Terrible. But to answer your question, sorry, uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, thank you. I'm tired. Like the weekend is most certainly catching up with me and it's Monday now and I'm still tired. Uh, but apart from the tiredness, I am actually feeling pretty good, thank you. And we hope you guys listening to the podcast are feeling great as well. What are you loving right now, mummy? Lana, do you have anything you're loving right now? 
okay, but I'm 11 right now. Uh, no, no, I don't have anything really. So you're not loving anything at the moment? No, not really. No, I can't think, I can't think of anything. I'm Me too neither. tired to be loving anything right now. <laughs> Me neither. Do you know, you know, let me keep it real. Do you know what I'm loving at the moment? Go on. Sex. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my mojo's come back. Like, I don't know how other women are feeling right now listening to this podcast, or even men, because it's not just a woman problem, but sometimes you just, I don't know, you're just not feeling it the way you, you used to. Yeah. And I do, I, I'm very open. And I've always said, especially to you, Lana, since having kids, my libido dropped quite dramatically. And I think a big part, that happens to a lot of women. And I think a big part of that, it doesn't it? And I think a big part of that is tiredness. You're just tired. Like who's got time to think about sex when you're tired? Like, yeah, no. and the mental load. And the, and mental, the load. mental load. Mm-hmm. It's like literally the last thing on your mind. And when they try, you know, initiate it, you're like, swerve, stop, mm-hmm. please. I beg you, no, not tonight, I'm too tired. But yeah, I don't know what happened, but in the last, I don't know, week or so, I've been feeling shit, shit again, which is nice actually. So that's, that's what good. I'm loving. Yeah. I hope it lasts. I hope, I hope it lasts. It, I hope it lasts as well. I don't even know what caused it. Just one day I was a bit like, oh, boom, boom. hello, hello. I just suddenly felt, hey, you know what I mean? I can't even say it. It's a bit awkward. <laughs> hey. Hi, mum, if you're listening, it could get awkward. So let's move on. That's not even funny. Next, what are they watching on growing up TV? Well, I have just finished the new season of, uh, what's it called, Money Heist, uh, which I absolutely loved. It's not as good as the previous um, seasons, but I still really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much, I binge-watched it. And I know you're watching it as well at the moment. What do you think of it? I It came out on Friday, right? Friday just gone. The uh, second part of the new season of Money Heist came out. And Lana wasn't aware of this. We just happened to be messaging on a Friday night. And I'm like, you okay? You resting? What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I'm just chilling. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm about to watch Money Heist. Then she didn't respond. That's what kills it. She didn't even respond. She left me absolutely hanging. Tumbleweed. And she was gone. And then the next morning, she told me she watched all of them. And there were, what, five? Were there five episodes? There's more than five. I'm pretty sure there's more than five. It's like eight. No way. There was not eight. There were not eight episodes. No no way. Either way, there were a substantial number of episodes and she just she just swallowed them all like it was nothing. Like, like in one night. Mad. And she's got two young children who are going to wake her up in the morning very, very early. But still, she remained loyal to Bella Ciao, Bella Ciao, Bella Ciao, 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 Ciao. I love it. I enjoyed it. I really did. What else have you been watching, though, Lana? Well, I've been watching this really good show, actually. Um, funny, I, I only heard of it very recently. So, again, I binge watched it. Um, it's called Tyler Perry's, Sis- Tyler Perry's Sisters. Have you heard of it? I saw it advertised on BET, but you know, I love Tyler Perry for everything he's done for like the black movie and TV world. And I think he's amazing. But sometimes Tyler Perry productions, they just have a Tyler Perry-esque thing about them, which isn't necessarily to my liking. Let mommy talk. Let's talk about what we've been up to. What's been going on? I've been quite active recently, which is not like me. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a very chill, stay at home, man in my business kind of girl. I like to have a little tan up every now and again, but more time chilling, that's where I'm at, just being at home or inside of my sis or whatever. But recently, girl, I've been up and down in London on public transport, going to different events and stuff. And it's been fun, but it's been very taxing on my energy. Goodness me. Um, so <laughs> Now he sounds like a granny. I know. And I admit it, I am, I am a full-on granny when it comes to these things. Last week, I went to um, 
uh, some something that they dubbed the future of bingo, which is called High Jingo. And it was so fun. It was a girls meet up, like me and my girls. I ain't seen them for a good, I don't know, five months or something. And my friend suggested it. I was like, what is that? High Jingo? And she's just like, come, just come. You're going to love it. It's bingo, but with a twist. And it's just silly and fun. And we went and I loved it. It gave me Squid Game vibes. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. They're just, yeah, it's weird. But anyway, the biggest prize, there were two rounds. So the biggest prize is, so there was a hundred pound cash prize for one winner. And then for the other one, there was a bike. And I didn't win either, but I had a great time. And that is what matters. And then this weekend just gone again, your girl was active. I went to my friend's house party and then to a rave, which I felt like it was too loud and I was too old in there. <laughs> and I wasn't even too old to be fair. I was, I was, no, no, I thought, stop. I bet you were one of the eldest in there. I actually wasn't. It was, no, to be fair, it was a 40th birthday party. So I believe it or not was one of the younger ones in there and I felt it I did feel it if I'm being honest but yeah it was it was good it was good but as I was there I was stood there thinking I'd rather be at home do you know what I mean you know that song I I'd rather be with you in a yabble-ish do you know that song um, no, yeah, you don't yeah. know it, but I love that song. But I'd rather be at home with my hubby and chilling with him, just because not to, not in a granny way, but just because the club's not for me no more. You know, the club's not for me. Like I said, I don't mind a turn up every now and again, but when I was there and I don't know, just you know, I'm just, I just, mm, I don't know, babes. It just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it in the same way I used. I used to love a club. Yeah, no, I think for me, I think raving it'd be nice for a few hours, and then I'd literally want to come home. Right, I'm done. If you were there on on Saturday when I went to this club with my friend and his friends, I think you would have just been like, Lynn, can I go and sit in the car for a bit? You, It's not your vibe. Or you would have sat down <laughs> the whole night. It's not your vibe. Like, you think I'm a granny. You're a great granny. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. No, just, no, 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 no. I take that back, please. Because if it was a bashment party or, you know. Bashment time. Bashment time. Hey. You know I'd be up on the tables, do you know what I mean? Lana, no, you wouldn't. Let's, I would, let's not I lie. would. Do you know what's funny though? Speaking of this whole thing about being out and maybe not always wanting to be out, but pushing yourself to be out and then maybe regretting it sometimes. There was like, I was watching telly last week and there was this phrase that obviously everyone knows about FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. But now there's like this new thing that's been dubbed HOGO which is the hassle of going out. And I was watching it like quite closely when they was talking about it. And I was like, I think I have this a lot. I think I've suffered from this hogo business a lot because when it comes to an invite, I don't get many invites yet because my, my, my circle's small, but I like it that way. But when I get an invite to something, in my mind, I literally think it's really bad, but I literally think of all the excuses not to go. And then I also think if I say yeah and commit to this thing, and then when it comes to the day, I don't feel like it. How am I getting out of it? And then I also think, am I going to have to get on public transport? Because that's long and it's cold now. It's, it's getting bitter out there. So all these things go through my mind. You know, like when you're younger, everything's just, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Everything's yeah. Anything you're mm-hmm. invited to, yep. you're there. As you get older, you're like, I don't know, you know. I don't know if I could commit to that right now. Because I then have to lie to you nearer to the time. Yeah, but that's why you've got to have your little excuses ready or when they ask you, you kind of suss it out. So you might be like, um, I'm not sure what I'm doing on that day. I, I, I might be going somewhere, but I'm not sure. Like, why, why, what's going on? And then see what they say. And then, then you make up your mind. And say, <laughs> Do I, I, you I know, have to make it. 
Do you know what's funny? Like, yeah? I'll let you know you're the time. Do you know what's funny? I've heard you say that to me so many times. So now no, I know you're 100%. No. Lana, 100%. So now I know your tactics. Uh-huh. Like, I'll no, say something I like... what you do to you. Do, I'll say something like, oh, what you up to on Saturday? You'll be like, oh, I should... You always do it. You always have, like, a reserved thing. I might be doing something, but... I don't, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to confirm there at the time. Why? And then you ask why. That's where. That's the point. In your, <laughs> I see a lot of strategy. That's the point in your process where you're working out whether or not the invite that may come your way is going to be worth your time or worth your effort. No. And if it's not, you're going to then go by. I've, 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 I've clocked your play now. And if it's not Mm-mm. worth your time, you're going to then use your little pre-planned excuse as a, I'll let you know, but I think I'm going to still go and do this thing. And if it is something worth your time, you'll say, yeah, okay, do you know that sounds? Yeah, I think I'll come. I could even move my other thing to another day. Yeah, I see you, girl. <laughs> she said, I, I see, see you, girl. girl. I see you, girl. I see you, too. I know exactly what you're like. But yeah, Hogo is most definitely a real thing. And I know many of you guys listening to this today will relate to it, especially in its, when it's winter time and you're just cosy with your onesie on and your cosy slippers and your hot water bottle and your central heat in and you think about going out to, I don't know, a restaurant, a bar, whatever it might be, COVID, the cold, the effort, the hassle, mm-mm. You might as well just put on Netflix and get your popcorn ready and order some takeaway, trust me. And you know what is evident as well? Because even in terms of restaurants and the kind of like nightlife trade in London, even when people have paid deposits to go to restaurants, they're still not turning up because they've got this thing of hogo. It's cold and there's hogo because we're so used to being at home, aren't we? We're so, for the last two years, we've been locked up and in our houses and told, you know, don't go out, stay in the house, protect the environment. <laughs> From that silly idiot that is Boris Johnson. So we kind of, at first we're like, no, I want to go out and I miss Raven. And now it's winter. No one really cares. Can I tell you a joke, right? It's not actually a joke joke, but let me just give you a little bit of joke from, ugh, I feel like every time I do this podcast, I have like a little funny story to tell about my daughter. Cause she, she is funny. She is funny. Both my kids are funny, but my daughter's one liners and the way her personality set up, she is quite hilarious. So today she said to me, was in the shower. And I was washing her hair. So some shampoo from my hand ended up going on her lip. I don't know why. So then she had like foam on her top lip from the shampoo. And she went, mummy, she said, mummy, you've given me a moustache. I said, oh, sorry, darling. I'll wash it away in a second. Give me one minute. I'm just mixing your hair out. And she's like, mummy. I said, yeah. And she's like, why do some some girls even have moustaches? And I said, wait, wait, wait. I said, um, because she just makes me laugh, innit? So when she talks, sometimes I'm trying not to laugh. I'm just trying to be serious. So I'm like, um... Well, baby, it's just because there's there's something in our body called hormones. And sometimes, I couldn't word it. I was trying to word it really, like, simplistic, but I couldn't. But I was like, sometimes certain hormones make you grow hair. And she... she, Sorry. Do you know what she said, Lana? She said, well, there's there's a little girl in the other class and she gave me the name I won't say the name because you don't know who knows who but say her name's Alex she said there's a little girl in the other class her name's Alex she's got a human (laughs) (laughs) she's got I literally I was literally trying not to laugh but I was literally pissing myself that is I said, and I, you know, you hear, but you just wanted to repeat it because it's actually too funny I said, she's got a what darling she's got a human I said, do you mean a I hormone? I bet you that's how she said it as well. Human. Yeah, because she's like, basically, she's she's like, the yeah, time. exactly like that. And I was like, do you mean hormone? She went, yeah, she's got a hormone. 
And I said, but when you say she's got a hormone, what are you trying to say? She's got a moustache. She went, yeah. And, I, and then I couldn't hold the last so I burst out laughing. And she went, but she really has got a moustache, mom. I'm not joking with you. And then I was just oh, I actually, no. you, know, you can't. I just couldn't with her. And I, I bet her face was set straight. Didn't it? Yeah, but because I was laughing, she started like sniggering as well. But I was like, I'm not laughing at the fact she's got a moustache. I'm laughing at the fact she, you told me she's got a hormone or hormone. Yeah, hormone, whatever she said. It's, it's cool. I, I couldn't at that point. I, I just couldn't even explain any further. I just couldn't. Uh, I, kids say the cutest things, I'm telling you. Don't they, they just? Really, they say the so darnest innocent. things. They say the darnest. They're so innocent. It's just, yeah. One of my favourites for you was when um, Harley said to you, when you were talking about death and trying to explain what a funeral is in relation to us going to our uncle's funeral a few weeks back. And yeah, go on, you tell the story. What, what did she say? So I was explaining to her what heaven was. And I don't think she quite got it. And I'm explaining about our uncle. And then I said, okay, well, you know, going to the funeral today. And she went, so are you going to heaven today? Are you going to see him in heaven today? And my heart just martyred. It's just like the innocence, the, How the naivety. Just, mm. Yeah, very cute, very cute. What did you say to that? I said, well, I hope not. I hope I'm not going to heaven today. <laughs> and then I said, and then I explained that that's where your uncle, her uncle was. Too cute. Very cute. Last week I spoke about comparisons and how dangerous they can be to oneself because I admitted that I've been comparing myself too often, too often during lockdown, Lana. In the last couple of years, I've just got to the point where I'm just like, oh, that's not fair. Oh, I love that. I'm getting to that that mode and it's not healthy and I recognise it. Today, the podcast is going to be a part two, a continuation of the comparison chat. But this time it's about our children because... We do it, don't we, Lana? Let's all be honest, we do it. We compare our children, whether it be to siblings, whether it be to our friends' children, children at school, a child on the TV, a YouTuber, whoever it might be, we compare our kids and Lord knows it's not good and I don't know why we all do it. It would be pretty fair to say that the second we kind of start our journey into parenthood, we start comparing notes with each other. Think back, Lana, to like when you were pregnant and those at home listening as well. Think back to when you first realised you were pregnant and if you were lucky enough to have any other friends or mummy friends that were also expecting, you start comparing things like, oh, did you have did you have morning sickness? Oh my gosh, did you get swollen ankles? Da-da-da-da-da. Already the comparisons are starting. Mm-hmm. You're comparing your bump. You're comparing, I don't know, if you've had any hair growth. All these different little things that you're starting to compare. And we benchmark ourselves and our experiences against other parents that we know. And I think that's normal, isn't it? It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's inquisitive, isn't it? Yeah, it it is inquisitive. Curiosity. Mm. And there's no harm in that. But once the baby comes along, I think this is where the harm can start because I don't know why there is such, well, I do know why I get it. There's such a lot of emphasis on those milestones, isn't there? At the beginning of a child's life, like... What age did your little one start crawling? Mine's not crawling yet. Oh, he hasn't said any words yet. Oh, mine was speaking months ago. I haven't got a tooth yet. Not on solids yet. Still breastfeeding. It's like, there's so much pressure. (laughs) So many questions, so much bombardment about, oh, what's your child doing compared to mine and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot. It is a lot. But I try, I, if you remember when, you know, Harley was first born, sorry, not when she was first born, when Harley was, you know, growing, a little baby, I never really, compared myself I tried not to compare myself or compare her to other babies and I remember when we'd have conversations I'd be like they they're all they all grow in their own in their own time they're all do you know what I mean they all yeah, get their time they all get there as long as it's not, 
yeah, as long as, long as it's not too delayed, like by, I don't know, like years, or even sometimes, even when they are delayed by years, they speak, you know, they catch up, basically. So it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too laid back, too easy going, but I wasn't really worried. I didn't really, you know? I think it's fair I, to say you are, we have got really different personality types where you are extremely laid back and relaxed, which I think is a really beautiful way to be. Whereas I'm a lot more like, overthinky I get a bit more panicky a bit more like ah ah it's not happening what's what's going on I'm just a bit more impatient I think that's the best way to put it um so my ability to kind of hang back and just chill when I see or don't see certain things is not quite as strong as yours but the thing is when we think about comparisons benchmarks which is what we do we're benchmarking they're actually good because they allow us to determine like developmental milestones which can help us if needs be to get early intervention so for example if your child is not speaking when I don't know 99.9% of children their age are speaking that could one be a sign of just a late developer like you said Lana it can sometimes it can just be they're going to bloom in that at their own pace and it might just be they bloom later than the average person their age but it can also be an indication of something else that needs to be addressed or investigated and I think that's that's the thing for me it's like a lot of people have the attitude what you've got which is not a bad thing at all which is like they all develop at their own age and don't rush it to deserve but I've heard people who I don't know I'm I'm not a pediatrician obviously but sometimes I've seen people's children and I feel like there's something there like there's an additional need but that's never ever going to be my place to say it I I would never do it um it's not my business if 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 it does come to be that case you'll find out in due time but what I do find is for some people there's like almost this I don't know if I want to call it an ignorance or maybe just a naivety or just lack of, I don't know, lack of awareness. But sometimes there's like a point blank refusal to accept that there could be a problem there. It's, oh, we'll yeah, develop in his own time. But if your child is like of a certain age and they're still not talking, and I'm not talking like, you know, a few months later, I'm talking, let's say your child's four and their, their speech is still quite limited. That there may yeah, be investigations that need to be had, like rather than some people just with point blank refuse to even entertain the idea that their child may have different difficulties or struggles or need, you know, special attention. It's just that there's this like denial there, and I think that's what I find sad because through that ignorance and maybe maybe fear, but you may be um, harming your child in the long run, or you know, by not getting the early intervention, you're not helping them, you're hindering. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. I do think there is a, when it's like that, um, like say, for example, like you said, the child isn't speaking at like four or five and you're still not really looking into it. I think that's a massive um, um, ignorance, you're turning a blind eye or, yeah, naivety. But I also think if it's... But isn't it, isn't it just what you said, though, which is having more of a relaxed attitude and recognising that we all blossom at our, at our own pace, no? Yeah, we Yeah, we do. Um, but I think that is a bit too long. Like generally kids are speaking by like one or saying certain words. If they're not saying anything at all, like pretty much mute or the very, very limited words at four, then I was definitely straight away, my, my gut instinct would be like something maybe isn't right. I'd have to, you know, go and... Um, have a referral to speech and language. Yeah, have a referral, yeah. Nutrition. Yeah. yeah, 100%. But generally, if it's like, if they're like, I don't know, 18 months or two years and they're only saying a few words I personally wouldn't really think much of it 
I'd, I'd just wait and see. As long as they're speaking um, and, you know, everything else it seems to be on track, I wouldn't, honestly, I personally wouldn't really worry. And I think as well, um, say if they are having speech problems and then there's something else that they're not quite, you know, on that benchmark, hitting that benchmark. But if it's just if it's just one thing, I think I'd wait. But if it's several things, like a cluster of things, then I start thinking, not necessarily alarm bells, but I start being a little bit like, hmm, okay, maybe this could be something else. And then I would get a referral. But if it's just, do you know what I mean? If it's just one thing on its own, like speech, then I'd be like, I, I think I'd just wait, wait a little bit and, and see. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm literally thinking back, like I'm literally going down memory lane, thinking about Caden, my eldest born, who's seven next week. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a seven year old. But when he was younger and I started as a mum, I, I always, always say this as a parent, but especially as a mum, because you give birth to them and there's like this special connection you can never explain. You know when something is, uh, I don't want to say not right, because that's really horrible to say it like that, but you know when something's different about your child. Yeah, you just know, you feel it, you see it, you know it. And I'm quite uh, intuitive and I'm quite in tune, I guess I should say, with my children, I, I think. So yeah. I sensed it, I saw it, and no one else seemed to see what I was seeing. But going back to your point, you were like, if it's just the speech then maybe you could possibly just be patient and be like, it's fine, it should be fine. But if it's with other things, but I'm just trying to think with Kay, because there was this thing of speech, like when he was one, one and a half, 18 months or so, and I'm seeing other children at like the, I just go to children's centers quite a lot with him. And I'm seeing other children there speaking and not babbling, but you know, speaking, they've got a good amount of words, you know, their word bank's pretty decent. And my child is like barely saying anything or, you know, there was a point when he regressed. So he's saying a few words and then he went back to being mute. And I'm like, yeah. this this ain't this ain't right. This ain't right at all. Like he's going on too. He should be saying more words. And on top of that, for me, it was the fact that he had these, whoo, I don't know what the word is, but oh my gosh, like catastrophic, I'm going to say, meltdowns. They were just quite extreme. Mm. And I was like, I know kids can be little SHITs and stuff, but this is extreme. I don't I don't believe this is normal. The scale of these meltdowns about seemingly little things. I was like, no. That along with the speech. And then the eye contact as well. Wasn't the there's, eye there's contact cluster, wasn't there. There's a cluster. Yeah, there's a cluster and that's why. But even if it wasn't if there wasn't a cluster, the way I am, I couldn't have ignored it. This even if it was just the speech, I just I'm just kind of like my attitude is always it's better to be safe than sorry. So I'd rather have checked it out. Which is what okay. I did, which is why we've got the early intervention, we've got all the help and, you know, it, 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 it kind of, it definitely paid off in doing that because I've got a friend, one of my mummy friends from a different school and she, I was having a discussion with her recently and her boy is seven, so he's a few, he's, in, he's a year above Caden, he's in year three, but basically he, I don't think she's ever noticed anything or had any kind of doubts about you know his ability or his development but the school have picked something up recently and his attainment level's two years younger than it should be and now she's just starting the process of trying to get you know referrals to this and that service and have assessments done and whatnot and it is overwhelming like so overwhelming and I was talking to her and I was just trying to like you know offer some advice and just you know offer to be there because I tell you what it's a, if you don't I don't even, I wouldn't say I'm experienced in special educational needs, but I've worked with children with special educational needs before in my professional career. So 
it wasn't, it was overwhelming because my own child, but I also had experience. So it, it wasn't so like daunting. I, I had a, yeah. you know what I mean? I had a bit of knowledge around it. But if you haven't got that, and you're suddenly hit with the idea that your child may have a special need, may have a developmental um, delay in certain areas. You know, you know how scary that is. It's like a whole new world, isn't it? Like, um, that's kind of scary to explore. You don't even know where to start. It's it's very, very overwhelming. So yeah, point being, I think I'm just glad I did it early. Very, very glad I did it early. I 100% agree with you. And like, for example, with my, again, my eldest daughter, Harley, I remember when she was younger, not even so, not that long ago, actually, maybe two years ago, she used to have the most disgusting tantrums, remember? And then she would scream literally at the top of her lungs. Yep. Remember? And she's very stubborn like me. So you literally couldn't get through to her. And remember you, mum, I know obviously everyone finds it, find it quite stressful because it's super loud. Um, and obviously I find ways to deal with it. But that was hard. And I'm like, I kept thinking, is there something there? Or is it just a phase? Because it's, it's very hard sometimes when it's isolated, you know, uh, separate things to just to, to, to determine if it's, um, what am I trying to say? To determine if it's um, something more or if it's just a phase like what they're going through. And tantrums are very common, as you know, with toddlers. Um, but, but I would say they were definitely more than tantrums. But it's like, I don't know, again, maybe it's my um, relaxed nature I just thought it's as annoying as they were and as stressful as they were. And trust me, they were stressful because it was super loud. But I just thought, let me just ride that out kind of thing and see. And they've come, they've like literally, they're non-existent now. I mean, every once in a while she'll have a tantrum, which I think is normal again. But the, the massive screaming fits that she had, now that they've gone, it's pretty much Casey now, the youngest one that does her little screaming fits. So again, I don't know. I don't, I just think it's sometimes, I don't know, I think it comes down to that gut, that, yeah, that gut instinct as well. And and you never know in the future that there could be something there because there's other things as well, like daydreaming with my artist, but, and going into like, you know, going into what's the word, into like space kind of thing um, and having to repeat myself quite a lot. But I'm going to put it down to right now as a phase, like that was a phase. And now Casey's going for that phase where she's just constantly screaming she doesn't get her away and she'll cry stop crying and then just literally scream at the top of her lungs it drives me crazy but to me I just think I'll give it a certain amount of time and see like if she's still doing that at like four then I, I think there's something there that needs to be looked into do you know what I mean I think yeah. you know as a parent like the signs no I don't what, agree with that what, I think a lot of parents no, no not the signs not the signs no you kind of know basically your gut instinct will tell you if there's something that needs to be looked more into, I think. No, I don't agree with that. I think that comes down to the individual. It comes down to your upbringing. It comes down to your experience of SCN um, or SCND. And it also comes down to sometimes culture. Like there's, there are certain cultures who are not willing to even acknowledge that something like autism exists, which is, it sounds pretty stupid, but it's true. Um, there are certain cultures who don't want to label let's not label the child the child will develop in their own time blah 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 and of course no one's trying to intentionally label the child but at the same time it's like there has to be an acknowledgement and acceptance that this child is struggling in a major way this child is two three years behind their peers this is not us trying to label a child this is us trying to get help for the child support to make sure that child can still benefit and flourish 
Yeah, but so to me, that's more ignorance because I'm think at the back of your mind, you must can see your child is on a different uh, level to other children, like kind of where they sh- are supposed to be. Um, so you completely ignoring that fact to me, that's a bit that's ignorance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is, it's ignorance. It can't be, it can't be naivety because still, even if you don't believe in autism, let's say deep down, you can still see that something is going on with your child so the fact that you're not even getting it checked out or you know there's little quirks in your child well actually they might just think it's quirks isn't it some people believe quirks are literally part of can't talk part of a personality and sometimes they are that's the thing not all quirks are autism or adhd or whatever whatever some things are just the child's personality my friend always gives an example of her she i can't remember what it was but she used to do something really weird when she was little and her mum used to look at her and be like, what's she doing? Like, but she used to do it all the time, but she's grown out of it. And she's not got any special needs. She just, it's just a habit that she, I guess she formed that she wouldn't, she couldn't stop doing. So yeah, I don't know. It can be ignorance. It can, but I also do believe it can be naivety and lack of awareness or lack of education around certain things. And also denial. So yeah, denial and ignorance are cousins, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I think there's a big, a big portion of that going on. But the problem arises when instead of like observing our children and their individual growth and their progress, we instead start comparing them. We start comparing them to their siblings, to other children, or we judge them for being different. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I always pride myself on being very honest on this podcast. I am guilty of this. I am guilty of judging, I'm guilty of comparing. And a confession that may make me sound like a really bad mum is sometimes I'll say it to him. Sometimes I'll say to him, come on, like, you you need to do this. You, don't, you, you know, blah, blah, blah could do this. And they're younger than you. So you need to try harder. I think we're all guilty of that. All is guilty. that oh, gosh, thank goodness. Because I'm really, really bad to admit that. But I've done that on a number of occasions. And sometimes it's like, I feel like that's going to be a motivator for him, which might sound backwards. But it's like... Yeah, I feel like if I tell him that blah, blah, blah can do it and that person's younger, it might make him feel like, oh, if they can do it, of course I can do it. Let me try harder. But in reality, it's probably not doing anything but grinding them down, making them feel rubbish because I'm comparing them. Yeah. And I think when I say it, like like my youngest is really good at getting herself ready. She's very independent. Harley is independent, but she's very... Um, she, I need to speak to her quite a few times. So sometimes when I compare her and I'm like, look, Casey can do this, Casey can do that. I've, so the moment the words have left my mouth, I feel very guilty by saying that. And I know, I, I just know it's wrong. I shouldn't do it. What's your motivation for it? Is it, is it just slipping out or is, it, is there a reason? I think it's frustration. It? It's frustration. Mm. Um, frustration, I have to keep repeating myself or she's not listening or she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. Like, why can't you do this? Casey can do it. So why, and she's younger than you. So why are you not doing it? You should, you know, you can do it. So I don't understand. That's literally it. So I know it's frustration. And like I said, I feel extremely guilty after. And I'll be yeah. like, sorry for comparing you. I didn't mean to compare you, but you do need to, you can do it. So you need to try harder. I think we all, I think, I think we all as parents can fall into the comparison trap where we do compare our children or even judge them like, I have found myself, I'm not going to lie, on a number of occasions saying things like, why can't you write neater? Or can you, can you read, why don't you read your book a bit faster, please? Like this, you're reading very slow and da, 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 da. And again, like you said, a big part of it is frustration. Another part of it, believe it or not, is done through love, like wanting to 
encourage which is probably not the best way to encourage but trying to encourage them to go faster and show them that they can but in doing that it's like what you're basically saying well what I'm basically saying is that what he's doing isn't good enough it isn't good enough yeah which will then affect his self-esteem and yeah and his confidence yeah. and it's like it's difficult because in reality he does read slow you've heard my son read and he does read slow and I spoke to the teacher or the head of SEND at the school and I was I was talking about this and I'm like his speed the speed at which he reads is very slow um, and he can read very well. He can spell really well. And those are things that he kind of is very, well, slightly advanced in. But when it comes to actually reading books, he can read it, but there's just a slowness to the, rate, the way he reads. But then when I check it properly, when he talks, he talks quite slow. And I remember when he had the yeah. assessment for his autism, they said that. They said that his... Um, I can't remember how they worded it. But basically, they said his tone's quite flat and they said his his speed of his speech basically is slower than it, you'd expect for a child of his age. And they said that's because of the autism. So I think that's carried across to his reading. So it's really difficult because I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, maybe this is just how he's going to read. Because he speaks slow, maybe he's going to read a bit slower than the average six-year-old. But on the other hand, I'm like, maybe it's something with encouragement, with a lot of practice and a lot of reading, he'll get faster at, and age as well. And confidence, maybe he'll get faster at it. So then when I'm saying things like, come on, let's read a bit faster, please. And I'll start clicking my fingers to a rhythm to try and get him to read to the beat. That's literally what I do, by, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be yeah motivating but I'm probably just I'm probably being nothing but jarring to be honest so I'm gonna try and stop that I think um comparing like the other day we were at my sister's house so my husband and I and our two kids we were at Lana's house and we were doing some home learning and we were doing like a quick mental maths game with my eldest child Caden and her eldest child and they're one year apart at school so Caden's year two and her, her daughter is in year one. And basically Harley was answering a lot of the questions faster. And the questions we were asking, I know Caden knows them. I, kn- I knew he knew them because he gets them right at home. But I don't know if it was the pressure of the situation or just being excited, but he was just taking a long time to answer whereas Harley was coming through a lot faster. But then my husband was like, come on, look at Harley. She's embarrassing you. She's answering the questions way faster than you. Da, 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 da. And you made the point, didn't you, Lana, to me? She's like, maybe talk to Kevin and just say, to him like not to do that because yeah. it's not nice for him to compare Caden to Harley and make Caden feel rubbish for not answering the questions fast enough yeah 100% it's not imagine imagine if that was us as grown people it would just make you feel rubbish it would make do, you feel rubbish do you know what I thought of right as I was like thinking about the content of today's podcast and doing some research on comparisons and the impact it has on children I thought about the fact that When I've been compared to anyone in my life, I've hated it every single time. Every, and that's me as a grown up who is supposed to be a bit more emotionally intelligent and mature and be able to handle my things better. But it's made me feel crappy. The only comparison I liked was when I was told I I look like Megan Good. (laughs) That comparison, (laughs) I I swear down, I used to work in House of Fraser, a department store in the UK, and this guy walked in and he was like, you like Megan Good? And I was just like, don't gas me. Don't, don't lie. And he's like, nice time. He's gassing you. He's gassing me. You are, you're out of order. Why are you crushing me, man? Why are you crushing my dream? Um, But either way, no, real talk, apart from that comparison, but even when we were younger and guys would have the audacity to stand there in a club and be like, oh, your sister's, yeah, well, you're prettier. You got the looks, you got this, you got that. I definitely want your number. It's just like, we're not, 
products in a shop to be compared. Like you're not you're not looking at the specifications of two different cars here, where people with real feelings and real emotions. Yeah. And I hated that feeling of being compared. Like whoever it is you're going for, whoever whatever your type is, just roll with it, shut your mouth, and get on with it. You don't have to explain how one's pretty and one's. It's not a nice feeling yeah. to be compared to anyone. No, it's not. I have order in any capacity. You know what I mean? Or when you're when I used to do radio and DJing, and I'd be compared to another female host. I'm like, but I'm me. I'm Lanique, she is who she is. Why are you comparing us? You know what I mean? It's just, so when you bear that in mind, when I think of it from that perspective, I'm like, if I didn't like it, in fact, if I hated it being compared to someone, whether it's my looks or my talent or whatever, why would my child like being compared to someone? Exactly, exactly. Listen up, this bit's important. So let's talk about the negative impact of uh, constantly comparing our children. What does it actually do to them? So by constantly comparing our kids, we increase their anxiety and their stress levels because children want to please their parents and not being able to do so can make them quite anxious. That made me feel sad when I read that one. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that one actually as well because sometimes when I compare, when I, I try not to do it as much anymore. I'm not going to lie, I still do it sometimes. You're human, you're human girl. Yeah, but generally I've cut down a lot. And I remember, you know, the certain times when I would compare and then she'd be like, am I, am I a good girl, mummy? Am I, am I, and I just, my eyes feel so guilty. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Because that she's then resonating that I'm saying, you know, basically she's not as good as Casey or I, sometimes I'd say Callie or Caden, you know, doing, you know, they can do this. You should be able to do this now. You're five, you're blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's, in reality, it's just making her feel rubbish, which is why yeah. she's saying, am I a good girl, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's not, not nice, it's not nice. We have to I think a part of it as well is we are pushy that... parents. We are pushy parents. I think in our, in our t- attempts and our desires to ensure that our children live the best lives that they can and are fulfilled, successful, happy, um, in our attempts for that, not perfection, because I don't strive for perfection. I strive for happiness and success. Mm-hmm. And in those attempts for striving for those things, I think maybe our expectations are high. And therefore, when the child's not quite meeting those expectations, we're on them. We're just onto them hard. Yeah. And that, ain't, that, that. ain't cool. That ain't mm. cool. Another thing, it can lower their self-esteem. So when they start to believe that everybody's better than them, they begin to feel incapable of being good at anything which is really, really sad. Of course, but I think with that, I think that's constantly comparing. Because if it's like, how, it sounds bad, but how we do it then or how we did it, I don't, for me, I don't see, um, you know, a massive difference in any of my daughters in their self, their confidence or their self-esteem. They still know they're really good. Eh? They know they're clever. They know they're funny do you know what I mean maybe because as well as like by comparing let's be honest yeah as much as it sounds really harsh by comparing we are emptying their cups a little bit you know that whole expression of like filling mm. their cups up and empty we are emptying them but maybe the reason you don't feel like you see the impact in terms of their self-esteem is because you are also filling their cups whereas someone else might not fill their cups but they might be emptying 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 it but not filling it but let's yeah, be honest we are both yeah. by comparing them we are emptying their cup a little bit we're making yeah. them feel less confident um, which is a really harsh way to look at it, but we are. But because we top it up by saying, oh my gosh, you did amazing. Look at you, you're so great. That then kind of, yeah, it kind of balances itself out. But maybe we should just mm. stop emptying it. We should really try and stop. It's not easy, but we should try. Another one, they may start to shy away from social situations and become hesitant to participate. So 
yeah, that again, I guess it comes back to their confidence. And if, if you're kind of constantly comparing them, making them feel like they're not as good as, you know, James, it's going to... Yeah, they're not they're... going to want to speak out, are they? They're not no, going to want to put all. themselves forward. Okay, and you know what? The next one for me is, it resonates because the next one is, they may feel that nothing they do is good enough and as a result, they might stop trying altogether. And the reason this resonates is because, and I had to really check myself here, um, when Kay was probably, I think when he was five, he was doing some pictures, some drawings and whatnot, and he produced some some artwork before, like maybe when he had to do work for school or something like this, my son, and he'd do it. And obviously I want, I want it to be his work, but I want to also help and steer it into a direction so you can tell if it's supposed to be a dog or a swing or something rather than just you know, a line. So I would sometimes be like, oh, let, let's, let's, let me help you with that. And then I'd rub out what he'd done. This is me being controlling, I can admit it. I'd rub out what he'd done or I'd kind of adapt what he's done to then make it look more like the thing it's supposed to be. So then what yeah. started happening is he started saying, mum, you just do it for me. And I'm like, no, 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 it's got to be your work. He said, yeah, but you're going to rub out it anyway. And Lana, that just made me feel so rubbish. I'm like, no, darling, I won't. He's like, yeah, but you did last time because you said that it needed to look more like the thing that it was supposed to look like. So I was like, okay. And then at one point, he, he he then started doing like his own drawings and he just, he kept rubbing out, almost like this perfection obsession. Rubbing it out, rubbing it out. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just draw the picture and leave it. Why do you keep rubbing it out? Oh, because it's not good enough. It doesn't even look like it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. That is literally, yeah, that put yeah. that in his mind, that he's not good enough for art. But the beautiful thing there is, really really interesting and in learning to draw so he goes on youtube and watches these like videos where they teach you to draw things and he sits down and does it and his drawings are improving and his confidence is coming back because obviously me good. the perfectionist bitch that i was i wasn't allowing him space to learn to draw i was trying to dictate and, and take over and make it look perfect when he's you know who draws perfect at five i mean some kids do but really and truly most of them don't so yeah to be honest, I'm exactly the same. I with we watch YouTube videos and you know they might say draw a house and their lines are all bent and I will but I enjoy it straight. Um, but I think that's just I guess it is a bit um a, a bit pushy, a bit <laughs> controlling. But it's also to help them to see how to draw a house properly. Yeah, but maybe a better way to do that would be not to rub out their work, but to show them on another piece of paper. Maybe rather than rubbing out theirs, which is also, almost like saying that's not good enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, I see where you're going with that. Because you're erasing yeah. their efforts in, in the process. Yeah, but what I tend to do it, for the drawing example is I will have my sheet of paper anyway and I will draw the line, then they will draw a line and if they can see their line is not straight, I might say, mm, you know, the line's leaning a little bit and then, you know, do you want to try it again? And then they might rub it out and do it again. Casey, with her badass self, will just say no and she'll keep her house as it is. But Harley, will, she's quite a perfection, not not perfectionist, but she likes to do things properly. So she will rub it and have a go, another go. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, which is good. And then another thing that can also happen is if we continue to compare our children, it may foster resentment towards us, the parents, or their siblings, if they're being compared to siblings, or whoever they're being compared to, they might start resenting them and feeling some type of way. Remember, always be kind. So what can we do? Rather than comparing, as much as it comes from a good place, we should stop that. (laughs) What can we do instead? Here are some things. Okay, 
Number one. Progress. Let's focus on progress. So rather than saying, at your age, your brother was doing this and doing that. Because what it does by saying that, it negates the efforts that child's put in and, you know, what they've done. So rather than doing that, let's focus on tracking their and only their progress and their achievements and not in comparison to anyone else. So it's like, you know, when people say, I'm not in competition with anyone but myself. I'm trying, trying to be better than the former me, the 2020 me, that kind of thing. It's similar to that, isn't it? It's like being better than yourself, not comparing yourself to anyone else. Yeah. Number two. Another thing is remember that every child develops at a different pace. It doesn't mean that they're not progressing at all. It just means they might take longer to get to that milestone. Number three. This is one that I, I try to do more because I feel like it's more encouraging um, and motivating. And it's to talk to your child about their areas of improvement. So it's more of a collaboration. You're collaboratively making plans to help build and improve upon their skill set. So, you know, you know, in, any, in anything in life, the minute it becomes collaborative and you feel like you're involved in the decision or involved in the discussion, you're more interested, aren't you? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like if you've had a say in it, if you've recognised that someone's caring about your opinion and your dreams and your goals or your whatever, you're more involved. So I think that one's a really good one because it it brings a child along on the journey as well. It's not you dictating, yeah. you should be doing this, your age, da, da, da. it's more like, you know, you're doing really well with your reading, you can read some really tricky words and I can see you're really trying to attempt these words and blah, blah, blah. So what we could focus on- They use that one a lot at school. Yeah, collaborative. Yeah, 100%. Number four. Uh, another one is recognising and celebrating their inherent strengths and talents and encouraging them to pursue their interests and take pride in their efforts and their achievements. Because this one, this one mainly helps to develop their self-confidence and their self-worth. And again, like, I'm not I'm not a total bitch. I'm not just only comparing my children. This is one that I'm trying to do a lot more. So I will recognise, like the other day he drew Sonic the Hedgehog. Like he followed a YouTube tutorial and he drew it. And I thought, I, this is when I came in yesterday. So he was at home all day with uh, daddy and his sister. And I came through the door and he was at the door holding the picture up. Mummy, look what I did. And he was so proud of himself. And Aww. I'll tell you what, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant Sonic the Hedgehog. And I was like, oh my, I was a bit gassed. I was like, oh my gosh, did you do this? You know, you have to gas them up a minute and get excited. I was like, did you, did you do this on your own? You joking. And I was like, Kevin, did he do this on his own? Just, you know, just acting a little bit. And he's like, yeah. I was like, wow, this is brilliant. And he went, do you really think so? And I was like, oh, yeah, bless. are you joking? I said, I think it's amazing. I said, did you really sit down and focus and draw this? He's like, yeah. I said, I'm so proud of you. I gave him a high five and a hug. I said, I love it. And those I bet kind his of face things, was lit up. His face was very much lit up and he was smiling. He's like, what should I do with it now? Should I put it in the bin? I said, no, you shall not. Put it in your art drawer, please. I want that to keep forever. I love it. So things like that, just recognising what it is they're good at their strengths and their passions as well will help to keep that cup full and keep their positivity flowing number five and the last one <laughs> this is one that i thought of as well get out of your own head like i'm talking to myself when i say that and anyone who like me and like lana if you take a hard look at yourself you can admit that sometimes you're in your own head and you're applying too much pressure to your child Get out of your own head. Try not to apply that pressure and don't force your expectations onto them. Of course, encourage. Of course, you know, we want to strive for being the best we can be and strive for excellence. But if they're not quite meeting that excellence in the timescale you've put on them, don't worry. Just try to relax. They're going to be the best version of themselves with your encouragement. But yeah, I'm just 
trying to take my own advice like pushing them is not healthy and it's not cool okay and it's probably very stressful for them as well exactly and as albert einstein says everybody's a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will spend its life thinking it's stupid amen <laughs> amen it usually almost always turns out to be all right. And do you know what? A perfect example of this, right? I don't know what age kids are supposed to learn to tie their shoelaces, but me being the pushy parent that I can be, I was trying to get Kay to tie his shoelaces from about five years old, which I think I asked my cousin and he said that his daughter can't tie hers yet and she's nine. I was like, oh, I thought they meant to tie them early. He's like, there's no age. I was like, true, but I just thought they was supposed to be able to know how to do that. So I was pushing, pushing from Taj Laces. He wasn't getting it. And I could feel myself getting frustrated. I could feel myself getting frustrated. And I was like, you know what, chill, chill. If he's not getting it, he's not getting it. Put it down, come back to it again. And basically that was at the beginning of 2021. And then randomly in, I think it must've been October, early October, he's like, mummy, um, can I show you something? And I was like, go on. And he just tied his lace, just like that. He's never done it before, but he just, I said, literally, I went, how did you learn that? And he went, I don't know. I just figured it out in this really cocky voice. Oh, which I find quite funny. <laughs> but it just showed me like the pressure I was applying to him and wanting him to do it by a certain time and expecting blah, 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 blah. It's like, chill. He'll get it. He will get it. Like, just relax a little bit and stop pressuring him. Just because he doesn't get it when you want him to get it, he will get it. And that proves it. That's actually a very good um, example. If you made it this far, you're a G. Let's wrap up. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hope it was useful. If it was, please do share it with anyone who you know who may benefit from this. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts or listening on Apple Podcasts, please do rate or review the podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. If you made it to the end, you are what, Rolana? A G. That's it. That's how I know you're a loyal listener. You were G, 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 G. Uh, we'll see you again in two weeks time and take care thank you for joining me Lana you're welcome it was a pleasure but yeah I'm looking forward to doing the new one a new one in 2022 that sounds so weird when you say that that's actually weird we're about to enter 2022 I hope you enjoyed this episode don't forget to share it hey this is Callie I want you to remember this song this let out mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.